episode you got all three and I got two. So eight eight to nine? Yep. Okay. So do you want to start? You want me to start? I don't know who went first last time. Why don't you start because I'm already looking at yours. Okay, cool. One bright morning in a restaurant in Chicago, as I waited for my eggs and toast, I opened the Tribune only to discover that I was the same age as Cheerios. Indeed, I was a few months older than Cheerios, for today, the newspaper announced, was the 70th birthday of Cheerios, whereas mine had occurred earlier in the year. Already I could hear them whispering behind my stooped and threadbare back, why that dude's older than Cheerios, the way they used to say, why that's as old as the hills, only the hills are much older than Cheerios, or any American breakfast cereal, and more noble and enduring are the hills, I surmised as a bar of sunlight illuminated my orange juice. Are you feeling old? <laughs> this is what this is about. <laughs> is grad school really graying you? <sighs> yep, it really is. All right. Uh, 1B. Over chicken wings in a new part of Louisville, as my mouth burned slowly hotter, my friend Claire told me about a game she likes to play called Betty White. The rules. She gives you an item like Cheerios and asks, do you think it's older or younger than Golden Betty White? And you have to use logic to decide for yourself. If you win the game, she says you'll live as long as Betty herself. And if you lose, you must speak only in Bettyisms. Get at least eight hours of sleep, Nine, if you're ugly. It's unlike any game I've ever played, but it brings joy, just like Betty. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. Interesting. Okay. My original thoughts are that the second one sounds more like the flow in which you would write and speak. Like, it's unlike any game I've ever played. That sounds like you, and that's all I'm going on right now. (laughs) I don't even know if you like Cheerios. But I could see you reading the first one and then be like, I'm going to slip Cheerios into mine real quick. Or. Or, yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm going to say that you wrote the second one. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. Claire is a real person. Um, This was inspired by. Claire is a real person. She is. Um, I almost told you about her earlier and messed this up because I was telling you about Vitica. Yeah. And when she told me that she is able to, like, Vitica is, um, her family is Indian and so she eats a lot of really spicy food. So she's, like, my barometer in terms of, like, is something spicy or not. 
but if it is spicy, she can't tell you how hot it is. Um, Vitica and Claire are like a two-person system, and so we go out like for trivia, and it's me, Adam, Vitica, Claire, and sometimes Liz and Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, but Liz and Boyd travel a lot, so they're not in town often. Um, but basically, that poem is inspired by because I, I was almost like, yeah, we were out with Claire and Vitica, and I was like, don't say, don't Claire. say Claire, don't <laughs> say Claire. You did a good job. Um, and so. Yeah, so, um, oh, I spelled your name wrong. That's fine. Um, so, yes, so we were out at trivia, and Adam was telling us about a trivia that's, like, a really hard trivia that we should go do, mm-hmm. and it's really hard because they actually ask you questions, like, is this older or younger than Betty White? It's, like, a true or false. That's awesome. Yeah, and it made me think of, I was like, I'm just gonna go with this, because it's, know, like, an I, old people thing. I love it so much. I think... Like, have started to really love old people because I identify with them. Yeah! I'm like, my bake too. My bake? <laughs> what? what? My, my back, bake too. <laughs> my back also aches. <laughs> is what I was trying to see. And I'm slurring my words. I really am an old person. Mm-hmm. I'm a drunk old person. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Oh, tell me the titles. Oh, okay. Um, The first one is called Cheerios. And the second one, I think, is called Betty White. Yeah. Thanks, friend. You're welcome. Okay. I love. You didn't want to tell me those titles as if they were going to give something away? I just didn't want to tell you any titles. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) All right. Oh, this long. It's just only this one's long. The other one's fit on one page. Oh, this long. Sorry. She a long boy. (laughs) (laughs) She a long boy. Listen, you can do whatever you want. She a long. called Gone. I don't fit in my car and the light's orange. The R on my keyboard is sticky with something and everything I write is amblings and oses. I am sure as well it is how I sound. My blacks are unmatching and my rest is never well and you've been gone three days. Every soft match has jettisoned itself. My water tastes like gunpowder with no regard for springs, cliffs, glaciers, or sinks. A thin film of scum wraps around me at night and I shower in sludge. I think my washer is made of sludge. My toothpaste certainly is. My jumper is too warm and my tank is too cold and I can't get tanked and I can't move out of the tank's way and you've been gone 17 days. The ink in my pen has frozen over and the trees are yelling at me. They spit on the ground where I walk and the chairs are all too small. My doorways are slanted and short and the washrooms switched with the bedrooms and I don't know where I am. No longer do my candles stay aflame and my notebook has gone missing and you've been gone 32 days. The wind is quiet and the walls are quiet and the trees are still and so am I. The tides have pacified because the moon is gone and even though the stars go on, I cannot. I think soon even the stars will expire and the dirt will swallow me whole because I am still. The sky is gone and the ants are gone and the bloomers are gone and the seas are gone and so am I. Interesting. Poem 1B is called They Come. Sometimes when you're walking in the street, returning home, or leaving to see a friend, they come. They emerge from behind pillars and trees, approaching you like a pack hounding a sheep. You know it's no use to hide or flee, so you stop and light a cigarette, waiting for them. Sometimes when you're eating in a restaurant, your soup served and your dish not ready yet, they come. A steady hand falls upon your shoulder. You are familiar with such a hand and don't need to turn around to meet the face. 
The scared diners are sneaking out. The waitress's chin is trembling when she speaks, but you are sitting there waiting for the bill. After settling it, you'll walk out with them. Sometimes when you open your office, planning to finish an article in three hours or read a review, but first make some tea, they come. They spring out from behind the door like ghosts welcoming a child to their lair. You don't want to enter, seeing cups and paper on the floor. You are figuring out how to send a message home. Sometimes when you have worked day and night, dog tired, and want to have a good sleep after a shower and an extra nightcap, they come. They change the color of your dream. You moan for the wounds on your body. You weep for the fates of others. Only now you dare to fight back with your hands, but a bang or an ouch brings you back to silence and sleeplessness again. See, they come. The second one sounds more like you. And I'm trying to think if, like, if you were faced with something that kind of ended with, like, they come, they come, they come, would you have moved from they come to you've been gone 17 days, you've been gone 32 days, or would you go from the 17 days, 32 or days? Or, like, constant that, to, like, time that, or... Yeah, yeah, which I'm trying to think, like, which way you would go, like, which is more likely. Also, like, things like finish an article in three hours or read a v- review but first make some tea... That is, you either wrote it to trip me up or you picked this poem to trip me up because the tea, tea is in all of our freaking poems. I know, it really is. So, the second one, I'm just going to guess. I think you wrote the second one. I wrote the first one. Interesting, okay. You've gotten so good at the poetry thing, though. Literally, I was reading, you were reading the first one and I was like, there's Dang, no way she if wrote she, this. No, no, I said, if she wrote this, she's gotten really <laughs> good at this whole poetry yeah, thing. Yeah, this is one of my favorite ones. You got I've really written. good at it. This Thank is a you. really beautiful poem. Thank you. Yeah, I was pretty proud of it. It came fairly quickly. Either way, I think if I had gotten a poem that was, like, always ending in, like, they come, they come, they come, mm-hmm. I would, like, switch to the increments. But if mm-hmm. I had gotten increments, I would have chosen constant. I just like patterns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I knew that... The sometimes when you open your office plan to finish an article, I was like, well, it's me. I know. Because that's my actual job. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You know the um, Ingrid Michaelson song, um, The Chain? No. No. Okay. Oh, that's a good, that's a cute one. That's a good one. No, no. This is a sad one. Oh, okay. It's called The Chain by Ingrid Michaelson. Okay. And it's like, the sky looks pissed, the wind talks back, my bones are shifting in my skin, and you, Ooh. my love, are gone. So that's where I got Aww. the, that's where I got the inspiration from, and I put my, like, my like incremental twist on it. It's a really beautiful song. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorites by her. Look I at love it. it. I love it. That was a beautiful poem. Beauty. Thank well you. done. All right. Right now, you you lead in hmm. one to nothing. Uh, we we got two more. All right. You ready? Yep. Hit me. Two a. After we have finished here, the world will continue its quiet turning, and the years will still transpire. But now, without their numbers, and the days and months will pass without the names of Norse and Roman gods. Time will go by the way it did before history, pure and unnoticed, a mystery that arose between the sun and moon before there was a word for dawn or noon or midnight, before there were names for the earth's uncountable things, when fruit hung anonymously from scattered groves of trees, light on one smooth green side, shadow on the other. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Two. B. We set up boundaries for ourselves and we call them guardrails using them to keep us on track, invisible rails that barely exist, winding through places that exist only in our wildest imagination. We practice the gut check. Breathe in, life. Breathe out, pain. Sense what your body tells you. Repeat. 
combine feeling and thinking and create the perfect imbalance and then lean in lean in change stop to start and recognize what your internal battle is raging on about then honor it check in with your touch points mind body soul energy slow down all right so the second one is screaming that you wrote this but i i'm gonna like take it back because maybe you chose it knowing i would say that like the, the these they're so different literally the only thing that is the same is like the number of lines <laughs> like even like you cap well somebody capitalized feeling and thinking and we have breathe in parentheses life breathe out parentheses pain which i love um, and then like the check in with your touch points, mind, body, soul, energy, slow down, like girl, <laughs> if that ain't you, but maybe you also wrote the first one and you threw Norse and Roman gods in there to just like stroke my ego a little bit. I'm going to need more wine in a minute. <laughs> That's always a good problem. Which by the way, today we are just drinking random assortments of leftover wine. It's nothing special. So it's midterm week. So we're getting what we can. Yeah. I'm no, I'm gonna go with my gut and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I'm gonna say you wrote the second one. I did, you're right. It's so you Good I, job, I love it, but it's it's no, I knew it was. And the thing is like I did that thing this week where it was like like I wrote this one completely separate from like reading Picking. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh this is kind of like the same length. Let me just kind of move a few things around mm-hmm. and make it work. So I love it. Can you tell me what they're called? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the one, second one is called Life Coach. The first one's called While Eating a Pear. Okay, While Eating a Pear, and then the other one is Coaching Session. Yeah. So, actually... Have you a leadership coach? I have a leadership coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I've had two sessions with one okay. through school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like a two-session-only kind of thing. So, if I wanted to keep going with her, I'd have to start paying her. I love her, though. I wrote this out of my notes from my second leadership coaching session. Mm -hmm. So things like guardrails and then like keep us on track. That's, those were notes from the session. Um, The gut check was notes from the session. Combining feeling and thinking, that's in terms of like Myers-Briggs thing. Yes, we love. Combining feeling and thinking and find uh, the perfect imbalance. She talks about creating a conscious imbalance. Lean in is one of her phrases and touch points is one of her phrases. You know, one of the things only one because there are many mm-hmm. one of the things I really love about your poetry is it's very intentional like I feel like a lot of mine is just like this sounded good but yours is like every line has a meaning and it is written the way you intend it which I really I really admire that thanks I don't have the energy for that <laughs> <laughs> so it's why it's why sometimes my poetry takes a lot longer for me to like digest what it is it's, it actually makes it harder for me to pick a poet because not one like one doesn't match or? right well because it's like I write my poetry kind of separate from picking a poet it's not like I pick a poet and then I'm like I have these poems in mind and I need to write something that's kind of parallel it's more like all right I already have these poems how can I need to find a poet that kind of matches up with my tone and like my feeling I am the exact I love that we're the opposite <laughs> like, I have to I always I have a running list of topics or like lines or like stands that come into my head but I have never, I've almost never have had a finished poem and then went to pick my poet. I, I have notebooks full of like, I have, do you have like an everything notebook? 
Yeah, I just carry it around with me everywhere and all my notes get vomited inside of it. Yes. Yeah. I That's my everything notebook. And it's just like chock full of random thoughts. Sometimes it's like a full page of poetry and then sometimes it's like, these are my notes from my life session, my, like, my uh, leadership coaching, coaching yeah. session. And I'm like, poem? leadership coaching right next to each other I could just make this a poem <laughs> it's perfect one of the very first classes in uh the program that I and when I first started this degree they had like people they had professors come in and tell us like one piece of advice of when they started their grad school and nine out of ten of the professors say carry an everything notebook because like as academics you get ideas for research when you're drunk at a bar when you're in the shower when you're in the middle of having sex and you need to write it down or you'll forget so you have to, like, when have you're a, in the middle of having sex, how does your partner feel about that? Well, it hasn't happened to me yet, so like, you'd probably be like, no, I get it, man. <laughs> He's very supportive. He would. He'd be like, I'm so proud of you. Like, it'd probably turn him on. I just started three later. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, beautiful. Okay. I want to hear 2A and 2B. Okay. 2A is called Missed Time. Okay. My notebook has remained blank for months, thanks to the light you shower around me. I have no use for my pen, which lies languorously without grief. Nothing is better than to live a storyless life that needs no writing for meaning. When I am gone, let others say they lost a happy man, though no one can tell how happy I was. Interesting. Toby. It's called Debuting Author. Okay. It takes many forms, some worse than others. A book you cannot finish because each time you turn to page 146, you get stuck. The following pages glued together. Her scent that you can remember just enough to miss, but not enough to taste. If you can't rip the pages apart, write your own. Though you may never know what comes of the dame blushing from above or the stone-breasted stallion floating on the clouds, blank pages cannot stand above ink. Perception is often anchored in reality. Well, we just talked about an everything notebook. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, like, part of me wants to go with that one. But, like, also, I feel like that's a trap, but I don't. Because, like, the second one has that kind of, like, her scent that you can remember just enough to miss, but not enough to taste. That sounds like you, and so does Dame. Like, the Dame blushing from above or the stone-breasted stallion floating on clouds. Those sound like you. And so does blank pages cannot stand above ink. Like, that whole second stanza sounds like you. Because, like, the first... The first one, I was like, oh, she wrote this. And then the second one, I was still on that track until you read the second stanza of the second one. And I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's me every time. I'm like, oh, she wrote this. And we're like, I don't think that she would say that. Yeah, So exactly. she definitely wrote the next one. And then I'm like, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm so lost. Um, I'm just staring at <laughs> Because 
this one resonated with me because when I am like upset, that's when I journal. I don't necessarily journal when I'm happy. And like yeah, this, same. this person was like, yeah, you are fucking awesome. And so my notebook is blank because I'm so happy. And I was like, oh, yes. I really like that. Well, that's what, that's, I mean. Right? Yeah. And the second one, mine, I mean, <laughs> is about like when you hit that. What page did you get stuck on? Or what, what book did you get stuck on page 146? <laughs> the very first time, no, the second time I was reading through the Percy Jackson series a couple of years ago. Oh, okay, okay. This is about, <laughs> it's about how you hit that mental wall after just like weeks of constant work and you mm-hmm. keep saying like, like you always say like, I can't do it, like I've hit a wall. Mm-hmm. But like this one is like, you really can't, like I made the wall real, like where the pages don't exist. So you like legitimately can't and it's always better to like push through because sometimes you really can't and that would be worse. I dig it. And like the yeah, the Dane blushing from above and the stone breath of stallion, that's straight out of the book. That's just part of the Greek gods. Well, the the stone breasted stallion made me think of Greek gods. Yeah. The only thing I could think of, and I'm sure it actually has like a real like myth, I guess, that it lives in, but for me I could, all I could think of was like Pegasus and Hercules. Like <laughs> no, exactly. Like over the clouds. The mm-hmm. you know. Alright, you ready for this last one? Yeah, hit me. Oh my god, this is a long one. Mm-hmm. I saved the long one for last this time. Beautiful. Let's do it. Okay. 3A. Today is the kind of day that makes me want to sprawl out underneath a live oak tree and count the branches that leisurely trace patterns through the sky. I'd like to capture precisely the colors. The leaves have turned from crisp and crunchy forest green to a softer, paler pear sheen, interspersed with piecemeal tawny. Instead of scratching at each other, they caress like a feather and conspire, tell secrets whisper to the wind, furtive and unseen. The damp earth calls and I sink into soil that smells faintly of rain. Three days have passed and there's a small snake burrowing beneath my head as I trace shapes in the clouds drifting lazily across my view. They pass like ships on the sea, carried by a current I cannot sense. While I waste away hours neglecting the letters and forms that have piled up soaking in the sunlight until they're drenched and gone. I bury my brain among the lives of adventurous men. Today, I'd like to be the finch that flits from branch to holly branch, plucking ripe red berries, bursting with flavor, and staining my beak. I have frightened the lizard, resting in the shade and trying to evade the claws that poke through, and the beaks that soar above, and I I wager I'd like to be him today, too. Well, I love the imagery. 3B. This morning, as I walked along the lakeshore, I fell in love with a wren, and later in the day with a mouse the cat had dropped under the dining room table. In the shadows of an autumn evening, I fell for a steamstress still at her machine in the tailor's window, and later for a bowl of broth, steam rising like smoke from a naval battle. This is the best kind of love, I thought, without recompense, without gifts or unkind words, without suspicion or silence on the telephone. The love of the chestnut, the jazz cap, and one hand on the wheel. No lust, no slam of the door, the love of the miniature orange tree, the clean white shirt, the hot evening shower, the highway that cuts across Florida. No waiting, no huffiness or rancor, just a twinge every now and then for the wren who had built her nest on a low branch overhanging the water and for the dead mouse still dressed in its light brown suit. But my heart is always standing on its tripod, ready for the next arrow. After I carried the mouse by the tail to a pile of leaves in the woods, I found myself standing at the bathroom sink, gazing down affectionately at the soap, so patient and soluble, so at home in its pale green soap dish. 
I could feel myself falling again as I felt its turning in my wet hands and caught the scent of lavender and stone. Ah! Yes! <laughs> I really love these. And I'm really fucked. Wow. Okay. The first thing is, it has been beautiful out lately. Sips wine. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and you just moved into this nice-ass place with a beautiful lake and trees and... What are those called? The things you walk on? Sidewalks? <laughs> What's that word again? Street! <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, I would like to point out the word... Wren. I literally wrote a poem about a wren. So, there. We live in Florida, so thanks. But, if this truly is written by an old man, then that makes sense. Fuck, I... They are kind of long poems. Yeah, they're long. They're both very similar, but like... I guess only in style, which is the whole fucking point of this podcast. Fuck. Oh, God, I don't know. I did the thing where I was like, oh, she wrote this one. And then you read the second and I was like, oh, she wrote this one. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm wrong one of those times. One of these is wrong. Can I go look in your bathroom real quick? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it a great soap? <laughs> Need more wine. Yeah, you know what? Got no sweet ass time. <laughs> Good eating eating it, just like you did. <laughs> did you write the first one? I did! Oh my god! Amy <laughs> Mini! Amy Mini, people! <laughs> that was a goddamn shot in the dark. I did. I wrote the first one. And it's literally about how much I love spring. Oh, I love it so I much. I love spring I so much. I love the imagery. My, um, when I was a kid, summer was my favorite season because mm-hmm. my birthday's in summer. Mm-hmm. And, um, I... It has changed since I became an adult. My favorite summer, or my favorite season is now spring. My favorite summer is now spring. My favorite summer is spring. No, spring is my favorite season because, literally because all the leaves change from like the super dark green to this really bright green and it's so happy and colorful and just vivid. And like, it's beautiful weather outside and the sky is always clear and blue and it's like 75 degrees and everything is like... All the flowers are blooming and it smells good and the birds are singing. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. That's spring in Florida, folks. Yeah. <laughs> the leaves go from green to a different color green. <laughs> and the flowers. Also, pollen is not my friend. That's what the that's what the flex of Tawny is. Interspersed with piecemeal Tawny. That's the Oh, gotcha. That's the pollen. Oh uh, yeah. Um and then I literally wrote this on my patio yesterday. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I was like, God, it's such a beautiful day. I'm just going to go sit on the patio and write all my poetry. I wrote all my poetry in less than an hour yesterday. You usually write them really quickly. I, and the funny thing was I had a bunch of stuff on deck, and then it was like I picked my poet, and I looked at it, all the poetry, like the poems that I had picked, and I was like, none of my shit fits this, so I'm just going to write some brand new shit, and, and it I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't fool you, but I think I got some good no, poetry oh my out God, of it. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think good. I got some good poetry out of it, so I felt good about it. Good. Um, so mine is called Lake Shadow, because that's the lake I live on. Um, the second one is called Aimless Love. Oh, because of the seamstress. Do you know what? No, it's because he falls in love with everything. Because he, he fell in love with a wren, and then he fell in love with a mouse, and then he fell in love with the, the seamstress, and then... He fell in love with the chestnut and the jazz cap and the one hand on the wheel. And then he fell in love with, um, I think, I think my heart is always standing on its tripod ready for the next arrow. That makes me think of like, you're always 
looking around and you're noticing things and whatever catches your next attention, that's what you fall in love with next. Like a camera. Yeah. That's what Beautiful. I think of. I like it. I so, love all of it. Everything is wonderful. Do you like my gif? Oh, wait. I haven't seen it yet. Wait. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. <laughs> I love him so much. All right. Let's finish this. All right. Last one. 3A is called Because I Will Be Silenced. Okay. Once I have the freedom to say, my tongue will lose its power. Since my poems strive to break the walls that cut off people's voices, they become drills and hammers. But I will be silenced. The star tied around my neck at any moment can tighten into a cobra. How can I speak about coffee and flowers? Hmm. Okay. Poem 3B is called Sunday is for You. Mondays are for bread baskets and Tuesdays bring the mules. On Wednesdays we ride camel joes and Thursdays introduce the birds. Fridays are dry, but not always, and I wonder what will be of Saturday. Crickets? Cricket? Sunday is for you. I mean, they're both cute, but, like, the second one is like, oh, that's cute. Sunday's <laughs> for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Are you more likely to write about poems, or are you more likely to write about Sunday being for you? What do you think? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you once you tell me. I guess she wrote 3A. Am I wrong? Yeah. Damn it. You know why I guess we are? Why? I was thinking about how we were talking about bad jobs that, mm-hmm. and like feeling like we can't speak out. Yeah. And then also I was thinking about like the freedom to say when you get out of the Navy, like what oh, you have to say. That's true. But the second one is really cute. Yeah. The second one is just like. Ah, it's cute. I like it. Yeah. What are Camel Joe's? What, what does it mean? Camel Joe's type of cigarette. I'd replace it for cigars. Because we usually smoke cigars. Oh, okay. Camel Joe's cigarette. So ready? Here we go. Bread baskets is um, like when you would go into the market and collect like your fresh bread for the day. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the garden out back, so Monday is harvest day for the garden. Mm. Tuesdays is usually a wine day, so I just replace it with mules. Wednesdays is cigars. Thursdays is birds. Um, it's, it's cards for the casino. Oh, okay. Fridays, we usually don't drink because then we know we're going to drink on Saturday. And Saturday is always up in the air. We never know what we're going to do. So crickets is like, is it going to be at home or are we literally going to go out and play cricket? And then Sunday, let's play some time together. Vomit. I know, it's gross. (laughs) (laughs) You killed it this week. Thank you. I'm really going to stop writing my poetry in like an hour the day before we record. No. (laughs) Because it's like the most authentically you. Yeah, but it's so obviously me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I would say that you started this whole podcast already having a style and a voice, or at least more so formulated than I did. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would say, like, a year later, I'm, like, just now coming into my own voice. Mm. So, like, welcome to the world I've been dealing with for a year where I have no idea what your fucking poetry is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Tell me what your poet is. Trust me, you do not want to go down there. I said, don't do it. It's not worth it. Now look what you did. It's a picture of a virus with a bunch of coronas on it. It's a coronavirus. Amazing. It's no laughing matter. Wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands. Carry Lysol wipes around in your purse, as I do. Um, if you can afford them. Because apparently, people are buying the shit out of them, and you can't buy anything anymore. Buying what? Um, Lysol wipes and hand sanitizer. Well, I'm, good thing Alexa's a nurse. The, the demand is like Funky. driving the price up. Yeah. 
to no, them. I believe it. My cousin found some hand sanitizer under his sink, and um, he goes, let's start the bidding at $100. <laughs> that is how I'm going to pay rent this month. Mm-hmm. Well, bills. All right. My poet is Ha Jin. He was born in China. He grew up during the Cultural Revolution, served in the Army, and earned both his BA and MA at Chinese institutions before arriving in the U.S. on a student visa to pursue a PhD in English. He said, quote, Since I teach full-time, my writing process has been adapted to my teaching. When I have a large piece of time, I write drafts of stories or a draft of a novel, which I revise and edit while teaching. Each draft is, a revised, is revised at least 30 times before finished, which I just don't have as many times yet. He also says, quote, if I'm inspired, it is from within. Very often, I feel that the stories have been inside me for a long time and that I am no more than an instrument for their manifestation. As for the subject matter, I guess we are compelled to write about what has hurt us most. Hmm. Most, a lot of his poems are about um, being an immigrant in America and like living under, living with, like under the, the hardships of like communism and just what his parents like went through to... And what he went through to get over here with his wife, um, which I did not pick because, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but it, It's not your story yeah, to tell. It's, right, not my story to even attempt to duplicate. Right. But I highly suggest you go look at his other stuff because like, his best poems, the ones I didn't include. Like, I love it. easily one of my favorite poets. I love it. He's won a billion awards. Some include the Flannery O'Connor Award for short fiction. The Hemingway Foundation or Penn Award, the National Book Award, the Townsend Prize for Fiction, Fellow of American Academy of Arts and Sciences, hey yo, hey. Um, Dayton Literary Peace Prize, and the Penn Oakland Josephine Miles Literary Award for uh, his novel A Distant Chart or Distant Center. Amazing. And that's Hajin. Talahola at Hajin. What I dig about it is, I, I mean, I run into that problem a lot where it's like I find poems that I'm like, I love this, but like, I don't feel like it's my, like as a white woman, I can't tell their stories because they're like, I, I want to pick minority po- poets so that I can like give them a voice, but like also, I, it, it's like not your it's place, like not to, even, my like, place to even try to yeah. retell their stories and that sort of thing. So like, it's hard, but so I picked a white man. Um, <laughs> so my poet's name is um, Billy Collins. And I know Billy Collins. Yeah, I picked Billy Collins because he spoke at Rollins this week. Oh, um, really? Yes, he did. And even though I didn't have a chance to go see him, my friend Addie is a big fan and went to see him for the third time, sat next to one of our professors. She said it was weird, um, but that it was a good time. <laughs> And she recommended him, and I discovered that he's actually apparently the most popular poet in America, quote unquote. So who knew? Um, what I was doing is I was counting how many poet poems he has on Poetry Foundation. Oh, he God. has 106 poems on the Poetry Foundation oh, website. I love it. So um, according to the Poetry Foundation, Billy Collins is famous for con- conversational, witty poems that welcome readers with humor, but often slip into quirky, tender, or profound observation on the everyday reading and writing, and poetry itself. Collins was born in 1941 in New York City. He earned a BA from the College of the Holy Cross and both an MA and PhD from the University of California, Riverside. In 1975, he co-founded the Mid-Atlantic Review with Michael Shannon. He has received fellowships from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Guggenheim Foundation, and the New York Foundation for the Arts, and has taught at Columbia University, Sarah Lawrence, and Lehman College, City University of New York, 
where he is a distinguished professor. He is also a senior distinguished fellow of the Winter Park Institute in Florida and a faculty member at the State University of New York, Stony Brook. Collins' level of fame is also unprecedented in the world of contemporary poetry. His readings regularly sell out, and he received a six-figure advance when he moved publishers in the late 1990s. He served two terms as the U.S. Poet Laureate from 2001 to 2003, was New York State, po uh, State Poet Laureate from 2004 to 2006, and is a regular guest on national public radio programs. In 2002, as U.S. Poet Laureate, Collins was asked to write a poem commemorating the first anniversary of the fall of the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center on September 11th. The reading was in front of a joint session of Congress held outside of Washington, D.C. He rocks. Thanks, Addie, for the recommendation. That is all. Hello. Is it great? I, I didn't. I. I'm surprised I didn't recognize this stuff. But are I you guess, a good? Are you a Billy Collins fan? I am. Hmm. Yeah, but you must have picked the ones I didn't know as well. Hmm. I'm glad because that would have kind of ruined things. That would have ruined things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked his poetry a lot. There were a lot. He he tends to write long form poetry though. Yeah, he does. So I had to try and find the ones that were short enough that like I could rep, I could easily write something mm -hmm. really quick. I, I, li I liked it. So Addie said she was going to lend me some of his books, and um, I'm excited about it. I'm typing in the name into the spreadsheet, and it's never been typed on here before, but it knows what it wants to say. Are we sure we haven't done Billy Collins? Don't tell me you did Billy Collins. <laughs> I did Billy Collins episode 11. <gasps> oh my god! I didn't even check. Well, it worked out. Do you want to the repeats? That's wild. It worked out. Yeah, those are no, no those are not. Let me. Oh my God, wait, hold on. Episode eleven. Let me go. Now I see which ones you yeah. did. Okay, I did. They're probably all long. Episode eleven. I was to say that sounds familiar. I did embrace. You know the parlor trick. Wrap your arms around your own body from the back. Okay. Yes. Um. Directions. You know the brick path in the back of the house, the one you see from the kitchen window, the one that bends around the far end of the garden where all the yellow primroses are? Yes. And then, Japan. Today I passed the time reading a favorite haiku, saying a few words over and over. It feels like eating the same small perfect grape again and again. Oh my god! Wow! It worked out. It worked out. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun, um, um, discovery. <laughs> Well, he must be the one of the most popular ones because we were able to... We got two episodes out of him. Right? And without knowing it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Okay, so... Jackie's ahead. All right, so now it's 11 to 9. Follow us. It's um, Read Those Vines. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, not, not LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Hit us up on Patreon. Be like be bees. Like Support us. Um, we appreciate you guys listening and we really appreciate your support so anything you want to give would be greatly greatly appreciated we love you see you next time yeah voice voice folks voice you heard it here voice folks i can't someone makes fun of me because i can't do accents you heard it here you heard it you heard it you heard it here. You heard it here. Extra, extra.